Welcome in, one, welcome in all. Good to have you on board today. The Bill Michaels Show. On the air. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be down in the Deer District tonight. The Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, 6 to 8 tonight. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. 6 to 8 this evening, going to be on site. Come on down at the Bill Michaels Huddle, and it, uh, a, lot of, a lot of good discussion coming up tonight. So I'm looking forward to it. But uh, going to be back our final time this year down at the uh, Deer District as well. So come on by over at the Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, 6 to 8 tonight. We're going to be there. Uh, I'll be sitting upstairs in the loft, but you can still come down and uh, listen to the program. Uh, enjoy some food, beverages, big screen. I'm sure the Bucks are going to be on. I think the Bucks are playing early tonight, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, come on down. And I think the Bucks are on the road. The Bucks are on the road tonight, aren't they, Ben? Correct me if I'm. Uh, Let me check. If I'm out of line here. I think they're in Toronto. They are. Yeah, six thirty tonight in Toronto. There you go. Okay, uh, we were talking before. Now, real quick, Ben, uh, explain for those just tuning in. Explain it again. What the, what what your thought is? What your 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 question, so so to speak, is. So the Packers will face a different physical test, I think, on Sunday against a great Lions line and a run-heavy team. The Vikings matchup, they dominated front-wise, but it was largely because of all of the injuries and even in-game injuries the Lions faced. The, the thought is, is that, a, is that a bad Packers front or an average Packers front that was graced with good matchups and played well in the last month, or... Is it actually a, a quite good front that has gotten better and now has proven that maybe the start of the year was an anomaly? Okay. So I'll take it a step further in this discussion, and I will say, look, if you believe that this team is now a good front, that they have bought in, that they are now executing, running basically what the defense is supposed to be, because everybody is now bought in and they're on the same page, then wouldn't you have to say that what we saw last year out of this defense when everybody was seemingly on the same page, the Joe Barry defense, it's a good scheme. If everybody buys in and does their job and what we've witnessed, it's a good scheme and that then you have to give credit to Joe Barry and that this was more on the players than it was on the coaches. Would you have to say that? Would you have to give Joe Barry credit? Now, two things at play here, and this is my opinion. One is I cannot forget about second and second and long, third and long, and watching guys play 15 yards downfield when the opponent needs 12 yards for a first down. I, that is, to me, unfathomable and unforgivable. It, it, is, it is horrific play calling. So that's one. Two i got to wait and see the remainder of the season. Because tackling is a thing. That's, that's players on the field doing what they do. That's more on the players than it is on the coaches. But if players don't believe in you, you don't have the ability to teach, you don't have the ability to get through to guys, to break it down, to get them energized about what it is you're doing, that's part of being a leader as a coach. Right place, right time, pep in the step, all of that. If you can't get them to do that, then that's more on coaching than it is on, it is on anything else. You can have one petulant player, and it can kind of screw everything up, but it's the, the remainder of the, the other 10 got to get you in line, along with the coaching staff, or just sit you, which could be the reason Darnell Savage sat, because he just wasn't a part of it. He didn't believe in it or whatever. But 
I've got to let the rest of this season play out before I say Joe Barry, yeah, uh, it wasn't you, it was the players. You know, because most of the time it is the players, but I, there's just certain things about this defense and about this coordinator I can't unsee. So I, I've got to wait. Now, the question is, is this a really good football team and everything we expected it to be defensively speaking coming into the season that are now playing together and playing at their peak or uh, is what we've witnessed over the last few weeks just kind of a, a fluke? The product of terrible opponents, for lack of a better yeah. term. Yeah. Terrible lines. Yeah. Bad offensive lines and just... You know, kind of, well, and you can even maybe take it a, a step further and say maybe they're playing a little bit above their heads. Can you say that? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. That's the question. Let's go to Sean listening to us in Nina. Sean, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Love the show, man. Appreciate uh, it. Good question as far as Joe Barry, you know, like you, I wasn't really Hold on his scheme and to the point, are, are the Packers for real? I think they're playing some really good ball, and I think you said the players are buying into it. My concern is the buying in. As professional athletes, why or how are you not buying in sooner than later with, you know, with the season? Um, you know, and it kind of goes back to some of the players making some between-the-line comments earlier this year, I think, as far as, like, you know, not maybe – is it a coaching thing? Is it you're the coach, defensive coordinator? Can you right. not step up to make these guys, you know, make them? But you know, as a leader, as a coach, how do you motivate them to buy in your system? Now, what what what's made that happen? Now, I don't know, but it's good to see. Um, going into Detroit, I think it's going to be a really good test if the Packers continue to play as they are. I think they, I think defensively, I think what I'm seeing is something I'm buying into watching the team. My concern on the other side of the ball is what's the offense going to do. Um, if they can get hot, then the Packers can strike. Um, my thing is, what can the offense do? Again, not getting off the defensive conversation, but I think the defense is for real. I think they're buying into what you know Joe is selling. But you know, as a coach, he has to continue to coach. I was all for having him, you know, show him the exit. But what I'm seeing now, I'd say, you know, I'll reserve my judgment. Um, but my concern for this game, and then if the Packers not going to look and make the postseason, is. This offense has got to start igniting. I mean, they're they're getting by. They're playing all right. Special teams is hot, we know, with Nixon. Defense is playing great. If we can get all three facets clicking, then I think they could be dangerous um, to any team they go into. So thanks for taking my call. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Um, obviously, if the defense continues to get uh, you know turnovers like this, um, it's going to make things drastically easier for the offense the and remember you know I, I saw the statistic today when you look at the Packers uh you know running the ball 33 times versus throwing in only 24 times in this last game if I remember correctly uh part of that was because they had two scores one from the defense and one from special teams so and you were up and you were you were dominating and so yeah you go to the run I think the game itself dictates what it is you're going to do. I mean, this has always been, and, and I would think will continue to be, a more pass-oriented offense. I, it just is. But to get both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon lathered up, and Aaron Jones, let me let me say this. He had, I, I think it was um, four, 14 carries, 15 carries, and he had over 110 yards, like 111, 12, something like that. 
and he was going. And inexplicably, he didn't ask to come out. He wasn't like tapping his shoulder saying, hey, give me a, give me a breather or anything. Um, he didn't ask to come out. They pulled him out and then put A.J. Dillon in, and then the, the the offense stalled. And when they pulled him out, it wasn't like, hey, come out for a, you know, come out for a play, and then we're going to put you back in or whatever. It, the, to me, if anything's going to get better, and I don't know why it would suddenly now versus, you know, the first 17 games, but to me, if anything can be better – or more rhythmic, it can be the play calling. That that's just my thought, but because Matt Lafleur, for whatever reason, is so intent on running shotgun and so intent on putting the ball back in the hands of Aaron Rodgers, and many want to blame Rodgers for that. I don't necessarily do that because you're the head coach. I mean, if if it's your team, it's your team. So to say what needs to get better offensively, I, you know, we can talk about running the ball and spreading the ball around and this and that. But to me, two things. One is, you know, Rodgers, take what the defense gives you. And number two is, Matt LaFleur, you got to call a better game. I don't know if it's the loss of Nathaniel Hackett or Luke Getze or what, but you got to call a better game, Period. Your play calling used to be rhythmic. It used to be innovative. It used to be motion and movement and play action at the right time. And and running out of shotgun with very little movement, you know, emptying the backfield continuously and four and five wide, it just, you're not getting it done. It's predictable. On more than one occasion over the last five or six games, I, I've said, here we go, third and two. Look for the shot down the sideline. Sure enough, empty backfield, four, five wide shot down the sideline. It's just, it, it is what, you know it's coming. So defensively speaking, though, I think the defense has, I, I think the defense, just watching the defense play, it, you can't help but look at this thing and go, yeah, there's there's a there's a different, there's a different energy level there. There's a different, camaraderie there. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I could throw a bunch of adjectives out. You can nod your head, but there's just something different about this defense. And they have gotten a little more aggressive. Unfortunately, they had to because of the loss of Rashawn Gary and obviously Dean Lowry. So they needed to kind of mix a few things in blitz wise and such and move guys around to give different looks to quarterbacks. And they've done that. And they've done that pretty well. And that is part of scheming. 877-867-1670. Let's go to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? Hey, Bill. Uh, I think Ben has a, a, a decent point there. And I, look, look, I don't think uh, Barry woke up one morning and turned into Buddy Ryan. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think that happened. My theory is is that Goody or LaFleur. Now, remember, LaFleur was saying all year when the defense had a problem, we got to we got to do this. We got to be more aggressive on defense, this and that. I think somebody just read him the riot act and said, if you don't do what we're telling you to do, it's going to be hasta la vista. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the year, that's my theory as far as that goes. Um, and, and I don't think, uh, look, obviously Barry has the knowledge to do it, but does he have the personality personality to do it? That's mm-hmm. a lot on defense. You know, right. and um, look, look, if they had Gary 
and Gary was playing the way he do, he did play, I would say they have a chance the way they're playing. But I think that's a big spot because I think uh, Ben had another good point. The Lions have a really good offensive line, and this is going to be a challenge. And I want to say something about uh, Crosby, and I want to say a, a quick comment about your two buddies there that debate every day or something like that. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> look, now think about this. They fi- How long does it take Green Bay to do things? How long did it take them to change the defense? How long did it take them? Now, I remember myself and Eric <clears throat> at the beginning of the year saying, look, he only kicks to the 10-yard line. He's only- so finally, they got a kicker that's going to kick into the end zone. Now, in defense of Crosby, this guy's probably got hurt once or twice in his whole career, and he's been playing since Moses. Right. So, so you get a kicker that comes on in, and the first thing he does is pull a groin. Think about right. that. You, yep. you know, think about how Crosby is so durable, and he's always trying, you know, the whole bit. And the, the thing about, you know, Skip and Shannon Chop, look, Shannon Chop, I told you what he did with Cedric Maxwell that time. I said that in the past. Mm-hmm. To you, I remember what he lied about Cedric Maxwell, you know, dealing with racism in Boston. Maxwell, he didn't even right. realize Maxwell was on that night. And the other, and look, and he just said when you played that back that he seen his brother Sterling, I assume, laying on the field. I doubt if he ever seen it live, like he said he did. I don't even believe that he did. He might have been playing or whatever at that time mm-hmm. when it happened. And it's and, and you know the other thing is, Bill, there's two things. It's called one one thing is called grifting and the other thing is called staged. And I believe these two guys are pros at doing that. Okay? And that's what they do and that's the game they play and this this is uh, you know really I, I, you know and remember I believe let me say this Gerard, I believe that they stage a lot of stuff that they go back and forth in certain areas. Appreciate the phone calls always. Uh, cuz and I'm late for a break. I believe that this case I don't this case, I don't. I think Shannon Sharp wanted to say something. He did not agree. He wanted to get his emotions out. He did not agree with what Skip did uh, when he did it, and he wanted to talk about it. And not necessarily that, but he also wanted to deal with the emotions of that day and that after, that evening. And it, it got off to a really bad start. I don't believe that was staged. I believe Shannon Sharp took a shot at Skip. Skip took offense to it and was not going to allow him to finish his thought. That's just my thought. 877-867-1670, uh, By the way, for Mark who says uh, Gerard's right, uh, Mason Crosby only has two touchbacks. No, he's actually got, uh, I think it's like 14 or 15, 16 touchbacks this season, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he has done it. He, the kickoffs, he rates rather low. As a matter of fact, he rates as one of the lowest uh, kickoff people in the National Football League, uh, right there with Tyler Bass from Buffalo. But that being said, he's also one of the highest percentage field goal kickers right now, also in the National Football League, just an FYI. 877-867-1670, this portion of the program being brought to you by our friends uh, over there at Nice Ash. I was downtown yesterday, stopped at the Nice Ash, had a, had a really nice time, great relaxing place, went in, saw my buddy Mick, uh, who was in town. He was flying back out today, going back down to South Carolina. And uh, had, a, had just a really nice day. A couple of beverages and uh, and a cigar. And we sat up in the big leather chairs and such. And you can sit up front. You can watch the world go by. Do a little work on your whatever, your computer, your phone, your iPad, whatever. 
uh, or just uh, sit back on a weekend and enjoy the music and enjoy a lot of the entertainment that they bring in. It's a great place. Uh, TheNiceAsh.com. TheNiceAsh.com. 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Stop in. Tell them we said hi. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. New year, new you, new place. Uh, maybe you're looking for something to do or maybe an old place. Good old-fashioned Wisconsin pub and restaurant, and that is Sloppy Joe's out there on Hubertus in Hubertus. Whether it's just a good old-fashioned or you're going out there for breakfast, uh, maybe some barbecue off the smoker, a little bit of entertainment on the weekend, great, just old-fashioned Wisconsin bar. Love that place. That's Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus, and which is out uh, just, you know, the northern portion of Waukesha County. It's a Washington County southern portion right there, but uh, out in the Holy Hill area, and you can't miss it. It's just it's such a great place. So check out our friends at Sloppy Joe's for sure. Uh, 877-867-1670, Jack says, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if the players are finally buying in, then didn't Joe Barry do his job? Well, yes and no. It's week 17 going into week 18. Right? Uh, I agree with... Those that say, well, you know, they didn't buy in in training camp. They didn't buy in in week one or week two or week three or week five. I agree with all of that. I I still, I would have to see how the season unfolds and and how it goes. Because, uh, you know, uh, th- this, is from, uh, this is from Habib who says uh, he is uh, disappointed with Joe Barry ever since they hired him. Uh, he's cost them postseason games, which no, he hasn't. No, he didn't. Not really. I hate to say that, but last year in the postseason, that wasn't Joe Barry's fault. As a matter of fact, they were a really decent defense. Now, they were they number one? No, of course not. But they were a, a decent defense early on. And remember, San Francisco ended up beating the Cowboys, coming into Lambeau Field. And what did the Packers defensively give up? Do you remember that? 13 points. That was it. 13 points. And the defense even didn't even give that up. Defense didn't give that up. That was special teams. So <laughs> that was a, a blocked blocked punt, a blocked kick. Punt went into the end zone for a touchdown. You know? Because the uh, the blocked punt that ended up being uh, a touchdown, that the uh, the Packers were leading at that point ten to ten to three, if I'm not mistaken. It was ten to three, and Hafanga is it Hafanga? I, I, I think that was his last name. Yep. Yeah, Hafanga ended up getting the uh, the the picked it up the block punt and returned it six yards. And then that's how they scored. And then they put a, another Robbie Gold, kicked a 45-yard field goal. And that was it. That was all she wrote. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't, it uh, was you know, Joe Barry did not cost the Green Bay Packers the postseason last year. As a matter of fact, his defense only gave up six points. So, and you're wrong there. 
defense played well, which is why we just thought the defense would be so much better all throughout this season, and they haven't been. I still go, and, and without getting into the, the minuscule stuff, I look at to- total overall. The defense hasn't been good. It hasn't been. They haven't been consistent on third down. They've allowed uh, a lot of you know death by a thousand cuts throughout the season. Big plays. They were one of the worst teams giving up big plays for a good portion of the season. A really good portion of the season. Big plays over the top. And it's like, look, you, you keep telling us that you're playing back, you're playing off the ball, you're not going to allow these big plays to happen. So that's the reason you allow the death by a thousand cuts. But not only are you dying the death by a thousand cuts, but you also are one of the worst teams at giving up big plays in the National Football League. To me, that's an overall failure. So this whole thing about, well, they're playing really well now. Will this save Joe Barry's job? I hope not. I don't think I, – I, I've never been this big fan of Joe Barry. I gave him his props. But there are certain things that I just look at and I go, this is innately wrong, the way guys are being used. And that, to me, is is something that I base my decision upon. So maybe things happen from here on out that you can say, wait a minute – if guys say, hey, it's us, you know, we, we're buying into what Joe's sell, selling, Jerry Gray's got us on the same page, he's the fire and brimstone guy, much like Kevin Green was back in 2010 when Dom Capers was just the, the quiet behind-the-scenes guy, uh, okay, maybe I can start to buy into that, but I'm not hearing that right now. I'm just hearing guys saying, hey, we're just we're all communicating better. We're a defense that just, you know, we're, we're kind of getting each other on the same page now. And that's also part of coaching. 877-867-1670. Let's go to our buddy L listening to us in Philadelphia. L, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great today. What you thinking? Um, so what we uh the scenario that we dread um let's get let's get L a better cell signal. I don't know where he's at, but he's he's breaking up really bad. I can't even understand him. Um this is from uh, this is from uh, Valinda, who says uh, Joe Barry has to go. He was a terrible hire to begin with. He's nothing more than a buddy of Matt Lafleur, and the nepotism inside that organization is disgusting. That's from Valinda. Okay, let's go back to L. What's going on, man? Hey, can you hear me better now? Got you now. That's a, that's a lot better. There we go. Uh, I was on speakerphone. Yeah. Um, I said the scenario that we dreaded is uh, definitely upon us, man. Um, you know, the guy struggled all year long, and now towards the end of the season, he figures out how to, uh, you know, run the defense correctly. But I just wanted to say this. I remember last year that it was a period of time where he was struggling defensively. And I think, like, uh, Zadarius and a couple other players went to him, and they had, like, a meeting with him. And yeah. then after the meeting, that's when they pretty much, like, you know, turned it around. So I wonder – Something similar happened this year because, you know, you got Jair who was out here saying how he wants to stick the number one receiver and travel around the field with him, and then now he's finally taking heed to what he's saying and it's working. So, wondering, you know, if that's what probably happened or I don't know. But at the same time, I mean, I still want him to be around next year. I mean, unless he just makes some right with his run and then, you know, he yeah. went to the or something. But it's just a crazy scenario that we're in right now. But, man. Oop, we we lost him. I, I get exactly what he's saying. Is it is it a matter that the players took it into their own hands? I think part of that's true. I would agree with that. I think part of it has been that you look at a guy like Jair who didn't really get into it, so to speak. Didn't really buy into what was being stated, you know, and all that. And so I think he 
was doing a little freelancing out there. As a matter of fact, uh, I can almost guarantee that he was. And, um, you know, I, I, I think now guys have just said, Hey, let's, let's get back at it. You know, I, I can't put my finger on it. I know I go back to, um, uh, my, uh, the other night, Mike Clemens was in a locker room and I don't, and again, I don't want to speak too far out of turn here, but I think it was something that he said on the air, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but Mike and I were riding home and we were talking about it where guys are just like, nah, you know, now we're texting each other. We're, we're, we're thinking, okay, we've got a question here. Let me, let's ask this. You know, I go back to when it looked like Rasul Douglas and Rudy Ford weren't on the same page and in came Adrian Amos on the field and, and like almost put his hands on their shoulders for a second and say, hey, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute. And then they all worked it out and said, okay, and they were all nodding their heads after that little little tete-a-tete there. It was just, um, it seems like the communication, the... I, I don't. I, I can't put my finger on. I want to say camaraderie. I, I, there's plenty of adjectives I can use, but it's just better. But is it something that the players had to take into their own hands and say, "We got to do this, and we got to make it better." And and I still, all of that comes with coaching. You know, there are veterans you lean on. You want to really kind of take hold. I understand that, but also coaches. You know, you got to get guys to run through a wall for you. You know that that that's part of coaching. So I, that's what Andy Reid is so good at. You know, Andy Reid's got that that certain something. Bill Belichick's had it, whether it's through fear or or just his track record of winning. There's certain coaches that get you to do that, and, and like him or hate him. Pete Carroll gets guys to do that. They get he gets them on the same page, and they they can do that. So it's there is something to be said for coaches that have that ability to communicate at, at everybody's level. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. your garage floor right now and you're going man that thing's a mess salt nastiness all over it epoxy flooring done right providing wisconsin home and business owners uh, epoxy flooring and coating services at reasonable prices top quality workmanship colors finishes even they can even paint that uh the inside of that garage or whatever room that it is you want them to do uh, epoxy flooring wise for 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 a really good cost and if you're uh, from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. I've been thinking about this for a long time for the garage. I had the bar to, or the uh, the gym done. Now I'm going to do the garage. Call my buddy Sean, 262-443-2852. Get a quote, 262-443-2852. Again, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Doneright.com. Good stuff. Um, let's get back. Uh, let's get back to this. By the way, the uh, uh, an update just came out regarding uh, um, Demar Hamlin. 
Uh, he remains in the ICU. He's in critical condition with signs of improvement noted yesterday and overnight. He is going to remain under intensive care as his health care team continues to monitor and treat him. But as we found out from his, I believe it's his uncle and one of his friends slash marketing agents, uh, they had rolled him over. They, he's breathing um, without 100% oxygen. It's down to about 50%, maybe even less by now. I don't know. But uh, they rolled him over to take pressure off of his lungs to help him breathe easier. Um, and at least uh, from the, the the little kind of stream of words we've heard coming out of the hospital and certain things that have been posted, uh, much like this Buffalo Bills commentary, uh, a lot of things, while it's slow, a lot of things are at least heading right now in a positive direction. So that's that's good news for right now. So really good stuff there. 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Let's talk to Michael listening to us out in Oconomowoc. Michael, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hello? Ma- yeah, Michael, go ahead. It's actually Pat, Pat O'Donnell. Oh, sorry about that. So, okay, right. sorry about that. So, Bill, yeah, I want to talk about, I know you can't say anything with Paul Allen professionalism, I guess, but the guy's a total geek. I lived up in Minneapolis. He's about as unprofessional as you can get, and that game was about as enjoyable as I've seen in probably a decade. <laughs> Just if, I know you can't say anything, but it, it, it's definitely true. He's a, he's along the lines of Skip Bayless. He really is. Okay. Uh, now, are but, you talking about as a play caller, or are you talking about the radio show? Um, I couldn't listen to the radio show because I couldn't stomach it. He talked about rutabagas and his mom's cooking and stuff too much but okay. uh anyway his he's a screamer he just he, you never really know if it's on the radio what he's doing or what is going on because he just screams and it's just yeah. like i guess it's good at radio in some instances if you're a vikings fan but uh but i really wanted to talk about just the packers with um the co- total coaching malpractice this year with keeping Mari rogers after a year and a half where he shows that he can't play the position he's fumbling everything he can't get to the 20 and then uh, guys like Royce Newman I'm sorry but I don't think Royce Newman can play and it reminds me of Marshall Newhouse back in the day where he was a huge body but he just couldn't his favorite thing was Olay letting Rodgers know that he was going to get crushed so I don't understand how this team continues to just allow things like that to happen the Joe Barry's of the world and how they can't go to defensive coordinator that can actually just put pressure out there and play pressure defense, which San Francisco does in a, you know, an unbelievable way. Yeah, they, uh, well, first of all, I appreciate the phone call. The, when you talk about why they can't get a defensive coordinator to come in and, you know, kind of do things in a, in a, in a pressure pack, I think it's not necessarily about, you know, take a lot like Demeco Ryan, you know who's the defensive coordinator for uh, for San Francisco? First of all, he's got incredible talent up front, right? So when you when you've got Armstead and Bosa, uh, I mean, I know Dre Greenlaw's been nicked up, but when you you've got really good talent, good good linebacker play, you know, you it, it makes it kind of easy as a as a you know as a defensive play caller. But I. Don't see it very often, 
I will see defenders backing up and backpedaling and such, but I, I also think there's a time and a place to get aggressive and knock guys off the line. Romeo Cornell used to be good at that. When Romeo Cornell was a defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick, Romeo Cornell was a guy that he, when things got tenuous, he loved to dial it up, and he would bring him up to the line of scrimmage and punch him in the mouth, disrupt their routes. You get burned every now and then. You take a chance. But every now and then, he'd, he'd bring that. Romeo Cornell was a good – Dick LeBeau, go back years ago, the originator of the 3-4 defense, he was the same way. He believed in being aggressive, you know? So it, it it just I don't I can't remember the last time we were ever happy with a defensive coordinator. Can you? Which is the one reason I think Ben Kenny you don't want to see uh Jim Leonard get the defensive coordinator position in Green Bay, right? That is the precise reason. Yeah. Although, if there's one person that knows how to dial up exotic pressure and affect a quarterback, it's him. I uh, I can't remember anybody. You know, Bob Slowick, I mean, any of these guys. I, I, I can't remember any defensive coordinator that the Packers have ever had that where people go, oh, yeah, you know, that that's, you know, Ed Donatel. Who's now up in Minneapolis? I, I don't. I don't remember any pat. Now, like the first year, couple of years of Dom Capers, people loved it. He had the players, and then as guys began to, you know, either decline in their career or injuries began to, you know, beset the team, whatever, then it changed, and then they wanted him out. Dom's too old; he can't relate. You know, it, it just I can't remember a guy that anybody ever loved. Well, we were happy with Dom Capers on Sunday. Right? Well, uh, and everybody was happy with Ed Donatel on Sunday. Well, that's what <laughs> I meant. Well. Uh, that's but, what I meant as the Vikings. But he was yeah. the next guy. Um, you know, the last guy, and and Tom says what the last guy we really loved was Fritz Shermer. But people were pissed off at Fritz for the way Denver went down and scored in the Super Bowl the next year. And then after that, people were mad again. I I just I I think that's out of all the jobs, head coaches take a lot of grief, but they get success and they get failure. I I think there is when players make plays, players get credit. When players don't make plays, it's the coordinator's fault. That that I want to. I don't know any defensive coordinator in this league that doesn't take a beating. You I I think. Uh, you know, head coaches are hired to be fired, but I think defensive coordinators are the ones that probably have to have the thickest skin. You know, Mike Pettin, Gary, you bring it up too. Mike Pettin, Mike Pettin was a former head coach. His defense was pretty good, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, and people wanted Pettin gone. And then they said, great, get rid of Pettin, fired him, and then they brought in Joe Barry, like, oh, my God, bring back Pettin. And then Joe Barry's defense wasn't bad, and now it's bad, and people want to fire Joe Barry. He sucked from the beginning. You know, so I don't know any coach, specifically a defensive coordinator, that is just beloved by everybody. You know, I, I just, that's the one, out of all the jobs in football, that might be the most thankless job there is. That might be the most thankless job there is. 
Now you think about it. Hey, um, uh, a job in which you can get, uh, that's our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L. Go to Pindell.com, P-I-N-D-E-L, Pindell.com. Uh, and they want you to come and take a job there. They do thank you for taking a job there. They do work with you. They train you, whether it's robotics or good old-fashioned spindle machining. Whatever it happens to be, they can tra- they can train you. They can teach you. They can watch you advance. It is a career. It is not just a job. And if you are a company out there and you're looking to work with a really good machining, quality machining company that's on the rise, that's our friends at Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. Tony and the staff over there are just great people, and Bill's a good guy, and just so many uh, great people in that shop over there. And they have two different locations nearby uh, in New Berlin, Wisconsin. But uh, during the pandemic, they really start started to rise, only for the fact that uh, so many things were being machined and quality parts were being needed here in the states because you couldn't get them overseas so they really their business picked up and they've held on to that business so if you're looking for a great company that's growing that's pindell p-i-n-d-e-l.com that's pindell.com more of the bill michael show next this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at practice today. Yesterday, they signed another place kicker, Matt Amendola, to the practice squad. Amendola's been with the Panthers, Jets, Chiefs, and Cardinals. Before Sunday's game against the Vikings, the Packers elevated kicker Ramiz Ahmed to the 53-man roster. But during pregame warm-ups, he suffered a groin injury. I asked Mason Crosby, was the plan to have Ahmed do the kickoffs while he kicked the field goals? That was the plan, yeah. yeah they elevated him to to hit some kickoffs, uh, you know, take a little bit off the legs. But, um, you know, I think, uh, yeah, just something in pregame, um, you know, happened. And, um, you know, I was, you know, obviously I get warm and do all my stuff. But, uh, you know, we we let a couple get out on kickoff, which, uh, you know, I, I didn't hit some some balls exactly how I wanted. But, uh, you know, I thought we did, uh, again, you know, guys are flying around covering. And, uh, and then, you know, how the defense and how the offense, you know, stepped up whenever, uh, whenever we needed it. Aaron Jones on one Crosby hit that field goal from 56 yards out just before the half against the Vikings Sunday. I, well, I was standing next to Ramiz, and I'm like, immediately I couldn't tell how long, if, how far it was. So I said, Ramiz, how, how far is this? He said 56. So I saw his money in the bank. And then so I'm like, and it hits off the crossbar, and I'm like, oh, that's going over, that's going over. And it goes over, and I'm just like, I, I was ready to run on the sideline. Like, he kicked the game winning field goal. You know, Mason puts in so much hard work, and he's a true leader of this team as well. And just to see uh, God continue to have success in, in a big moment. Next, the Packers host the Lions on Sunday night football. The last time Green Bay played Detroit, they lost 15-9 at Ford Field. Lions head coach Dan Campbell says the Packers have improved since then. This is a better football team than we played the first time. All three phases are clicking together, and, and they're all just kind of boosting each other up, you know, and that's that's why they're a dangerous team right now. That's Lions head coach Dan Campbell in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Quick Trip, we were talking about that earlier today, where you can uh, kind of track your 
track your trips, so to speak, online. And uh, Quick Trip not only tracks your trips, but uh, they also stack up your successes, and that being uh, certain things of specials and such that uh, you have purchased, and they, you know, create it right there in your uh, your rewards app. And so you know when the next time you go in, if you're like, ah, oh, look, I got a free cheeseburger coming, you're good to go. Maybe a breakfast sandwich, good to go. Maybe one of those pothole pizzas, good to go. Stop in a quick trip. They have everything, whether it's bread, milk, butter, eggs, bananas. They got all that stuff. Or head into the beer cave, head over to the baked goods, head over to the morning, uh, the morning hot, uh, hot food, whether, like I said, the breakfast sandwiches and such, or maybe even the breakfast burrito. So many good things over a quick trip. So many good. Stop in there damn near every day. I'm at a quick trip. Almost every day. I don't drive as much. Uh, you working, you know, in the studio in the house, so I don't I don't go out all the time. But I make it almost uh, at least a bi daily thing to head over to Quick Trip in the morning. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Aaron Rodgers today, by the way, the only player on the practice uh, the Packers active roster not practicing today. They're giving him the veterans rest day today. So the only guy not practicing. Uh, and, you know, between the thumb and the knee and just a veteran's rest day and also making sure that Jordan Love is is all up to speed, uh, you know, I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Pete, listening to us in Menominee. Pete, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pete. Pete dropped off. He dropped off. Richie hits us up on uh, Twitter, and he says, do we really have to go all the way back to Fritz Shermer for the last guy we actually liked going back to 1996? Right? That's what I'm saying. If you look at all the thankless jobs in the National Football League, we know head coaches are hired to be fired. But nine times out of ten, a coordinator will go before the, the coach will, before the head coach will. Most of the time, we all know that, for whatever's failing. So, and, and a lot of the time it's, it's the defensive coordinator. I think that's probably the, if, if you're going to look at a job that you're going to take, you better have the players to run what it is you're going to run or have the ability to adapt or have the ability to, uh, to kind of get guys to buy into your system. Cause that, that's one of the most thank, thankless jobs there is. Because when they play well, man, it's this guy having great instinct. He's got great hands. He's got great ball skills. Look at his hips. He turns. He goes. He covers. Look at this guy. Swat and swim move. He's on the inside. Down under move. He can get off blocks. But (laughs) as soon as they give up a first down, well, the coordinator sucks. Right? We all do it. Right? The most thankless job in all of the NFL. I think it's the defensive coordinator. Offenses, eh. This guy didn't make a play. Quarterback sucks. Line sucks. Everything sucks. But the minute you don't make a play in the NFL, man, defensively speaking, the uh, coordinator sucks. He's got to go. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm falling more in line with that. Maybe you just need to look at more of the uh, more of the players. Unless you see dramatic gaffes in the scheme, maybe we just look more at the players. Uh, coming up, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur talking to the media. I know, I know, I know, but I do want to hear what he has to say. Today is Wednesday. The Packers getting back at it. They're getting ready for their preparation for the Detroit Lions. Uh, And also, uh, you know, obviously the first, uh, you know, real public comments since the Monday night game. So we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up in this hour. Stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michaels show. It's coming up right after this. 
The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.